Everybody, it's time to believe in the Big 12. If you're a Big 12 baller, this podcast is the place for you. Every week, we dive into the hot topics surrounding Big 12 football and even some basketball. Guest stars, former players, industry experts, conference shakeups, hoops hypotheticals, football fantasies, you name it, we have it. In the process, we'll look at marquee matchups, roster comparisons, coaching carousels, and analysis of big-time moments. You will literally feel like you are etched into the fabric of the Big 12. From the creation of basketball to history repeating itself on the gridiron, our take on all things Big 12 will have you glued to the edge of your seat. So whether you've got a favorite Big 12 team or are just a fan of the conference, buckle up. It's going to be a wild ride. Welcome to the Believe in the Big 12 podcast, a proud member of the Believe Podcast Network. Welcome to episode number four of the Believe in the Big 12 podcast, the fourth episode. If this were a quadrant of episodes, it'd be the bottom right, the big quattro. The Fantastic Four, Four on the Floor, A Real Grand Slam, Formageddon, Four of a Kind. All right, I'll stop there before this gets out of hand. Now let's throw this thing into four wheel. Oh, looks like I wasn't done. And uh, get this episode going. Now, for those who weren't here last week, shame on you, but let bygones be bygones. We did our inaugural set of power rankings, and it was awesome. But these weren't just any power rankings. These were the ultra-super-massive Big 12 power rankings. Why, you may ask? Because, even though they won't officially be joining the Big 12 until 2023, we are going to include Houston, BYU, Cincinnati, and UCF in the rankings. It's only right to see how they stack up, and that we start pretending like this is the new reality from here on out. Because it is, as I've said before. And even though they're on their way out, we're going to include Texas and Oklahoma until they're officially gone. So, once again, welcome to this edition of the Ultra Super Massive Big 12 Power Rankings. Here we go. If you haven't caught on to it yet, here at the Believe Podcast Network, we're a fan of hot takes. Whether it's pop culture or sports, we like a side of Thousand Island sauce to go with our Alaskan cod sandwich. In other words, we like to spice things up. And that's exactly what I'm going to do here. So let the descent begin. Because number one in the ultra-super-massive Big 12 power rankings is... Baylor! Don't look now. But Baylor is 4-0 in a competitive Big 12. I know it's just one win against a top 15 team in Iowa State. But this was a statement victory. The Brazilians... The metal, the grit that Baylor showed, undeniable. The Baylor Bears were outgained by 200 yards on paper, but they were outgained by none in spirit. They did the little things right when it mattered most and stuck to the fundamentals, and that was the difference in the end. And this is hilarious. I had them at number 12. Number 12 last week. But I told you, Gary Bohannon has been looking very good and was clearly out for blood and out for an upset. 
This is the biggest jump I've ever seen in any set of power rankings ever, especially for the Big 12. Now, I'm crazy, but even for me, this is nuts. Baylor has quieted the doubters and shown that it can compete in a wide-open Big 12. As Baylor has officially cracked the top 25 in the AP poll, we'll see if they can back it up next week in another tough contest against number 19, Oklahoma State. But for now, the Baylor Bears take the top spot in the ultra-supermassive Big 12 power rankings. Number two, we have Cincinnati. They don't budge. And you know why? You can't lose when you don't play a game. And this was the right time to have a bye, because they're heading to historic South Bend to play number nine Notre Dame next. Cincinnati is number seven in the AP Top 25 poll, and we'll see if they back up that ranking two spots above Notre Dame. My gut says yes, because Cincinnati has a tough defense. Scratch that. They have a dominant defense, and I am very careful with throwing out the word dominant. With an effective offense to supplement that defense, Cincinnati is a scary team to play. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say that if there's any year for a team like Cincinnati to crash into the college football playoff, shaking up the landscape and ousting a team like Georgia, this is the year. Cincinnati, number two. Number three. Next, we have Oklahoma. I bet you were wondering where I'd slot them in. Another gritty victory against a solid West Virginia team that is not to be overlooked. And I must give Oklahoma credit. I don't think they overlooked West Virginia at all. I think their offense overlooked a good night's sleep before the game, though. Same question as last episode. Is Spencer Rattler just rattled? What is going on with this offense? I see no rattling happening. There is no rattling. Maybe if their mascot was a rattlesnake. The Oklahoma Rattlesnakes. I like the sound of that. That said, they're still the Sooners. And that's why I have to keep them in the top three. They're still the Sooners. A strong team. They already have a solid win over a Power 5 team in Nebraska. And, oh yeah, they're undefeated. They're still the Sooners, who have won six Big 12 titles in a row. So until they actually lose a game, they're staying near the top. And no way they're falling out of the top three. Number four. Jumping up four spots, we have Oklahoma State. The Cowboys rickrolled the Kansas State Wildcats in a contest that looked a lot closer than it was and leapfrogged the Wildcats in the rankings. Oklahoma State still hasn't looked great on offense, but this defense has the ability to carry this team far this season. The Cowboys offense got going in the first quarter with 21 points and then went scoreless for a second straight game in the second half, which quite simply can't happen if you want to close out a game against the cream of the crop. And that's what they'll have to do in their second straight top 25 matchup with the Baylor Bears in the most anticipated Big 12 game of Week 5. But at the end of the day, the Cowboys are 4-0, which can't be overlooked. It wasn't a Baylor-sized jump, 12 spots, but it was a sizable jump and with good reason. Oklahoma State, number 4. Next up, Texas, the Longhorns, slotting in at number five. And suddenly, that Arkansas loss isn't looking so bad. Arkansas has looked solid. And it also helps that Texas has scored nearly 130 points 
in their last two games against Rice and Texas Tech. Casey Thompson is playing like a dude who has zero interest in giving up his starting job. And Bijan Robinson remains an absolute stud in the backfield for the Longhorns. The defense is still spotty and inconsistent for the most part, but this is a Texas team gaining more confidence. The defense is only looking more confident week by week, week over week, and they will continue to grow. Oh, and if you don't know the name Xavier Worthy, their Action Jackson wide receiver, learn his name ASAP. I know, I know. Texas drops even though they won. It's kind of a surprise. But those above them have better wins thus far. But you know who doesn't drop? Xavier Worthy. He never drops the ball. So look for Texas to jump back up on this list. I sense a commanding victory over TCU on the horizon. Next up, at number six, West Virginia, the Mountaineers. And I promise I'm not going to sing Take Me Home Country Roads this time. I I really want to, and it's taking a lot of restraint, but I'm not going to do it. So the Mountaineers, led by quarterback Jared Doga. And no, he isn't the founder of Dogacoin or Dogecoin or however you say it. His name is pronounced Doga, like Toga. And he was this close to throwing a Toga party after nearly upsetting top five Oklahoma. But they couldn't quite do it. That said, the West Virginia team is legitimate giving OU's offense fits and rattling the rattler all night long. But I must say, when I said the offense was led by Jarrett Doga, I didn't necessarily mean it was led well. The offense is the only thing keeping West Virginia from being a great all-around team and from being ranked above Texas. If the offense doesn't improve, West Virginia may not finish the season strong and will be in a lot of low-scoring contests anchored by the defense, which will only keep them afloat for so long against the top offense. They have to put points on the board, and if they don't, they'll fall further down this list. And number seven, next we have Iowa State. And I only have one thing to say. Field goals, field goals, field goals, field goals. Iowa State was held to way too many field goals on Saturday. You have to convert those into touchdowns. And they got absolutely burnt on their special teams. And I mean like burnt ends type of burnt. The Cyclones are now 2-2 and and got straight up manhandled by Baylor. Even though the game was close, that was obvious throughout the battle. Except for one guy. Let's talk about Brees Hall. Wow. 190 yards and two touchdowns for Iowa State? Talk about a saving grace. He showed that he can be one of the best bellwether workhorse running backs in the Big 12 and all of college football, for that matter. Hopefully he doesn't have to carry the team as much as he did going forward, because a balanced attack is what will guide the Cyclones to success. And Brock Purdy consistently delivering a steady, solid performance like he did, along with one to two more touchdowns to put them over the edge. And they should have a good chance to regroup here, because they play the Kansas Jayhawks next, who can't seem to put up a fight against a a stone that's just laying on the ground. They couldn't even... Couldn't even tackle that if they had to. So we'll see what happens here. But Iowa State should get the victory and bounce back here. Number eight. Next, we have BYU. And boy, oh boy, BYU got a run for their money from American Conference bottom dweller South Florida. That's not a good look. What's to make of that? But you know what? I don't care 
Because guess what is a good look? Starting 4-0 and back-to-back seasons for the first time in your program's history. And that's what BYU has done. That's where they're sitting. Great vantage point. And I have to say, to me, with this BYU team, it really feels like a survival instinct to win for them. They really have the mentality figured out. They're playing in the moment, flying around, doing what they can to survive in advance. And a lot of times, that's all it takes in college football. Now, the survive and advance mentality may not get them through the college football playoff because you have to do a little more than just survive against teams like Alabama and Georgia. But BYU's consistent, stable play, coupled with their self-assured demeanor, is something to marvel at. BYU was down several starters and key role players in this game, but Tyler Algier stuck with it and ran for 81 yards and two touchdowns, while Baylor Romney was a force, completing 20 of 25 passes and throwing for 305 yards and three touchdowns. Now that's a stat line I'll take. And that Baylor to Gunner Romney combo is just fun to watch. Dynamic duo. BYU's coach said it best, capturing their impressive mindset. I wanted to remind them that winning is hard and to appreciate and respect the game by celebrating because we have to get ready to do it again next week. Number nine. Next, we have Houston, the Houston Cougars. And the running game is what caught Houston inside the top 10 here in the ultra super massive Big 12 power rankings. And it's what will help them stay there. Navy is never an easy team to play. I know I talked about BYU's mindset, but there's nothing quite like a Navy mindset. Let's be real. Quarterback Clayton Toon did have a respectable game too, going 22 for 30 for 257 yards for the Cougars, along with an impressive strike to Marcus Jones. And Marcus Jones, one of the fastest and strongest Cougars in the game, is another big reason why they cracked the top 10. He is electric. He returned a punt 73 yards in the first quarter, taking it to the house. But flashiness aside, what I like most here from Houston is their resilience. They were down 17-7 at the half and then scored 21 unanswered out of the break. Great teams adjusted halftime and put those adjustments into action. Holding Navy to just three points in the second half, Houston showed that it can lock down an offense when it needs to and give that running attack on the offensive side of the ball another chance to tear things up, just like a cougar does its prey. Number 10. Next we have Kansas State. And let me tell you something. Kansas State's offense is going to be a problem in conference play. And I don't mean the good kind of problem, unfortunately. QB Will Howard struggled before an injury made his night even worse. And Jaron Lewis didn't look much better when he came in for relief. Again, what's squeaking them into the top 10 here, as discussed last week, is their defense. It's strong, stout, devout, but at some point the offense has to give the defense a break, give it some backup, because I hate to say it, while Oklahoma State's defense was really strong in this Kansas State loss, an even stronger opponent appears in their next matchup. Number four, Oklahoma, the Sooners. The defense needs to stay consistent. And whether they go with Skylar Thompson, if he's back from injury, Will Howard, or Jaron Lewis at QB, they are going to need to be steady in order to have a chance in this game. 
But if they do pull this victory off, you bet your behind they will be higher than number 10 next week. Next up, UCF. UCF didn't have a game this past week, just like Cincinnati. So nothing much to report here. But I will say this. They play Navy next week. And you can bet your behind they were watching that Houston Navy game. So I expect them to be ready to play and improve to 3-1 and one on the season. Or maybe it would be better off if they just always had a bye week or constantly forfeited their games. The University of Constant Forfeiting. UCF. I like it. No, but really, they'll be ready to play. Up next at number 12, TCU. That loss to SMU was a huge letdown. Let's just start there. They should have had that. They did have that until the third quarter when the offense sputtered. That energy they showed when they got into a scuffle with SMU for trying to plant a flag on their logo, where did that go in the third quarter? Where was the, the attitude? I said that TCU's next game would reveal a lot since they hadn't even played three games yet, and we have our answer. TCU just won't be much of a contender this year. Hate to say it this early, but it's the truth. But what they can do is play the spoiler in conference play and save face that way. And that's always fun. Nothing to lose, everything to gain. And there are worse losses out there. SMU is 4-0 after all. But for now, TCU's sticking at number 12. Number 13, Texas Tech. The Red Raiders. More like the bad defenders. Because how do you give up 70 points? Coach Matt Wells must be livid. Ironic, his last name, because they played anything but well. They played like they just emerged from the bottom of a well after 30 days. The defense showed no fight, and now QB Tyler Shue is out for at least a few weeks. Tough times all around in Lubbock. 70 points? I don't really need to say much more than that to justify this, this spot in my power rankings. Texas Tech, number 13. Number 14, last but not least, except they really are least, the Kansas Jayhawks. I thought about putting Texas Tech below them here, but didn't feel right about it. So here the Jayhawks sit. They did lead Duke at halftime, which is promising, as Duke does have some decent talent. But things went off the rails after that. It was a classic Kansas showing. They have a lot to improve on. It's going to take time for KU to mature in the aftermath of less miles. One bright spot is that wide receiver Trevor Wilson caught five receptions for 122 yards, and he continues to show promise. Players will continue to develop, but right now this team has a ways to go to get back to glory. Number 14, Kansas Jayhawks. So there you have it. The Big 12 of past and future ranked. The ultra super massive Big 12 power rankings, week four edition, are complete. I told you Baylor looked like a dark horse last week. They shock everyone and take the top spot in this week's power rankings with a resounding victory over Iowa State. Oklahoma is a very, very close third, so don't read too much into this, but I legitimately think Baylor has a shot at being the best in the Big 12 come the end of the year. Cincinnati who I have at number two, will have a big test against Notre Dame where we'll see if they deserve to stay in that spot and possibly usurp Baylor. BYU has a good mindset, 
Oklahoma State looks strong. Texas just had a scoring bonanza, and their offense looks amazing. West Virginia has to feel good about themselves despite a 2-2 two and two record. Houston showed the importance of toughness in the ground game. And KU is working its way out of a very deep hole. In closing, the Big 12 is a very interesting conference right now. It's in flux. It, its future is coming and its past is leaving. And we have to embrace this new reality. And we have to embrace the fact that the Big 12 is wide open. And it's awesome. We'll continue to look out for the contenders and the pretenders as the season develops. It's only going to get better from here. So share this episode with a friend or a Big 12 baller, because the more hot takes, the better. Like I said, the Believe Podcast Network loves hot takes. And there's a lot to monitor. The Big 12 truly is wide open. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you back here next week. Share with your friends and go crazy like Texas and score 70 points. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.